this has to be constipation yes. and this is so annoying if I could just go to the bathroom and get rid of this gas this gas needs to go away it's really bothering me like so I go to the bathroom I squat and I'm just kind of trying to push push and there's no like the signs that we we're told in our course mucus plug water breaking there was none of that none of that and it must have happened while I was in the toilet there because I didn't feel like it was there very long and then suddenly bloop and I was like wait a minute then I knew no something happened and I put my hand and I could feel hair and I was just like what? oh shit oh shit and I stepped from the I stepped from the toilet and I look and I, yes it's bloody and I said oh that's my mucus plug but it didn't appear before and there was no water breaking and there was none of the signs that I was told to look for so I go to my husband and I say I didn't want to alarm him because I'm I was like in my head I'm like oh, I messed up I had no idea I was in labor so I told him can you look between my legs I feel something and then he goes oh my god it's a head oh my god I, no no oh my god I, I see hair and I was like yeah that's that's what I thought welcome to mom strength a podcast and movement to empower, educate, and showcase mom strength inside and out. I'm your host, Surabi Veach, physiotherapist and fitness coach, also known as the Passionate Physio. Join me for discussions on movement, mindset, and motherhood, where we raise the bar and challenge the status quo. Get ready for expert interviews and real, honest conversations where we explore physical, mental, and emotional health. Let's celebrate the beautiful diversity and common experiences in all of our journeys. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mom Strength. I'm your host, Surabi Veach, and I'm really excited to have on my guest, Sarah Syed, today. And listen, this is really cool connection. We met on Instagram. She's one of my quote unquote followers, one of my online friends. And we just have had numerous conversations where we've really connected. And she shared a little bit about her birth story. And I'm like, I need to have you on my podcast because she's got an exceptional birth story, which isn't as commonly heard. Or maybe it is in the movies, but you know, we don't know many people who've had these experiences. And I really want to hear about her perspective on how it was and how her mother, her journey has been. So briefly, Sarah is a portraiture artist, a mom with ADHD, formerly an orthotic or prosthetic technician who recently completed a master's in rehabilitation studies, but left healthcare. Currently a fingerprint technician and still working on your, <laughs> I love it. You're like, I'm still working on my bio. We are all a work in progress. <laughs> and I love this. And you, you have a account and a company, I believe called Dramatic. Yeah. Um, I, I also do portraiture for people and I draw and um, I do it both on a teaching capacity and for parents and people. Yeah, exactly. Very yeah. cool. I, I want to dig into that. I want to see, I want to take a look at your work because uh, so Sarah shared a, pic- shared a picture of her with her son for Halloween and he's got this epic costumes. Like this is like, you know, when you see a mom with or her family with their like epic costumes, like, and you, you, you kind of feel like, oh, that's amazing. But I could never do that because I have zero creativity in that aspect, but I'm always in awe of other people who do. And I think that should be. Thank celebrated. you. Um, okay. So let me know uh, a little bit about you. Tell me about yourself, where, what you're at, where you live what you do. 
Great. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on this podcast. I really do enjoy your podcast. I have been listening to to it, and it's it's so cool to connect in person finally, or on Zoom person. On Zoom person, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So, tell me about um, how old's your kiddo? My kiddo is four now. Four. Wow. Yeah. He's tall for four, isn't he? He is. He gets people think he's much older. I thought and, he was like uh, six based on the picture. Yeah. He sent. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, my daughter is four, four and a half, and he looks a lot taller. But that again, genetics and every kid's different. Every person's different. Right. Um, yeah. Tell me about your birth story. So my birth story, I was living in Toronto at the time. We recently moved to Ottawa because I started a new job. Ah. But in Toronto, we're in a one bedroom, you know, the typical Toronto lifestyle. Yeah. Um, condo life, not condo apartment life, but construction constantly. <laughs> yes. And um, I had always wanted to see a midwife. So I went to see a midwife. And now my parents are more an immigrant family from Egypt. And I, they're not very familiar with midwives. So they were mm. horrified. They honestly thought I was going to the village to give birth in the woods or something. And I kept telling them, no, no, I'm low risk. And it's a healthcare professional. And don't worry. And I've always I've known since I was 14 that I wanted to go with a midwife for my That's incredible for my care. And I was really happy that I was able to find one. And it's funny because I realized like when I told my doctor, like, oh, yes, I'm pregnant. Oh, great. I know all these OBGYN. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I want to see midwife. Oh, oh. Like, I was like, what? Like, why are you going like that? Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, I was on my own to find a midwife. I called a few clinics and I was very lucky. I was with Kensington Midwives. And hey, uh, I was too with my first birth. No way. Oh, great. Yeah. Who did you have? T- um, Everything is a blur right now, but um, I just love them. Like they, it's a teaching hospital, it's a teaching clinic. So they also have students, but the way they had it is there was teams of three midwives and they'd be on rotation. So um, what's cool is like, you get to be, have your baby delivered by one of the midwives you see, which you wouldn't get with an OBGYN. So I was like, oh, it's nice. It's familiar. And what stood out to me is one the student was male, which is not common in, in, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 And so they asked me, are you comfortable with the meal? Are you sure it's okay? And I'm like, wow, if it was no OBGYN, no one would ask, you know, and so I like appreciate that. I had no problem with it. But I was like, it's nice that there's all this. I always feel very empowered. Like they're very much like, what are you comfortable with? What are you yes. not comfortable with? I really like that about their care. So when I went with that, my parents have, there are a lot of doctors in the, in our community, Egyptian community. And I think one a close friend of my dad's in OBGYN, he goes, oh no, you can't do this. Or so mm. I know all these awful cases and was trying to, trying to like get scare me. This way you. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I know what I'm doing. And then they're like, oh. and then even my doctor was kind of like, well, where are you giving birth? Said, oh, I would rather give birth in the hospital big time because I live in a one bedroom it's cramped it's cut ca- we have stuff everywhere it's not very organized I'm kind I of embarrassed. totally hear you don't so be I embarrassed like, oh. I think honestly people who don't live in the city don't get how expensive it is to live in the city if we if I lived in a outside in the middle of nowhere I could afford a mansion but like yeah. we're in a two-bedroom yeah. condo because it's like it's all we can afford and like this is all the space that we actually need but and I, I hear you that. it's cramped yeah. it's cramped yeah. and you don't have a lot of space to like 
um, you know, set up a beautiful baby nursery and be- mm-hmm. <laughs> everything. No so. space for a tub, no space for. So I made it clear to the team. I'm like, okay, I'd like to have the birth in the hospital. And they said, well, you know, there's also the birth center. And, yes. and, and they were telling me like, you know, there's less germs at home it's more sterile they're trying to kind of and I said no no it's okay I'll, I'll have it I'll have it uh, I'll have it at home that was my both. plan like I I absolutely did not want a home birth not that I have anything against it but I was like I absolutely want it at the hospital yeah and yeah so we worked that out and um I, I mean my family doctor was like well it's good to do some things that are based on um evidence evidence and I was like excuse me you guys are supposed to be like a team that refer to each other it's not supposed to be a competition and family doctors are qualified to deliver babies so a midwife does that only as their job so I'm more comfortable with a midwife again whatever anyone's comfortable with I have yeah no opinion but I, I felt like I was a little bit like like not shamed but a little bit like why are you doing something a little different but um, yeah. I was surprised I didn't that kind of pulled me about because I I don't know I'm very familiar with midwives since I was 14 I was researching them and I'm like yeah that's what I want also I I'm like impressed that you were 14 <laughs> that's definitely well ahead of the game compared to most people who are only after they're getting pregnant learning about these options and I had a very similar experience with my first it was your your uh son was born 2018 yes that's correct this yep. is wild what month on in a- April Okay. Mine was born in May. So we very well could have been in a clinic at the same time because I was with Kensington midwives too. And I loved them. And with my first birth, uh, with my second, I was with North John river because we had moved, but my family doctor, when I told her I was pregnant, she was immediately like, Oh, this is the best OB in Toronto, Mount Sinai hospital. And I'm like, I'm thinking, do I, do I need a high risk? Like, am I high risk? Like, why, why do I need the best OB? Like, I'm just having a baby. And, um, like, I don't want to be cut open for no reason in which case then, yeah, I would want the best, best surgeon, I guess. But you know, all things known, I was low risk. But then she was like, well, you know, my cousin is a midwife, but you know, if it was my choice, I would go with an OB. And I'm like, I'm not here to ask you about your choices. Yeah. I respect your choice. I respect your choice, but like, I'm telling you, I want a midwife. I'm, Mm -hmm. I know what I want. And I did feel like I was shamed for it or like looked down on. And my, luckily my family was so, they, they just trusted me because they didn't know anything about the Canadian healthcare system in terms of birth. And they trusted that like I, I would have done all the research, but all of my friends were like shocked too, right? They wow. were like, they were like, oh, you're going with a midwife because they had the ones that I had already had babies had gone with an OB in a hospital. So I think they felt like I thought it was better because I was choosing a different option. I'm like, this has nothing to do with you or anyone no, else. No, no, it's very personal, right? And yeah. so thank you for bringing that up. Um, and I love that you went with you, you trusted yourself. And for anyone listening, this is the power of having the confidence to trust yourself and your decisions. And instead of listening to every single person, even if they're a well-educated family member who is an OBGY and themselves, very valid that that's research-based. However, we know that the history of midwifery existed long before OBGYNs. People were having births long before it was medicalized. And, um, you know, we need to trust too that birth is a normal biological process. And for, in most cases, it's not an extreme medicalized measure. So, um, okay. So let's, let's hear what happened. You wanted a hospital birth. Everything was going smoothly in your pregnancy or any, any complications? Nothing. had a, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say I had a very easy pregnancy, but everything was very straightforward. I had a physical job, orthotic technician. I'm in a lab. Yeah. I'm lifting, moving things. I'm on my feet all time, all the, all day. 
and I had no problem like it was to the point where there's casts there's stuff supplies being in and my boss would be like oh I'll lift them I'll, I'll get someone to help you and I was like nah and I did everything and every time I come why did you do it I'm like because it's fine and also I can't wait like an hour for yeah I'm not just done. sitting here waiting around for someone else to <laughs> no do it. no and yeah. I was also exercising very regularly squats lunges everything I've always been active we did I've seen not pull-ups. Own... <laughs> thank you thank you we did not own a car and ah. so um you know, and that was the only concern with my with my Kensington midwife. We lived really close to Sunnybrook Hospital, but they only had admitting privileges at St. Joseph. And I remember right. thinking, oh, man, it's an hour, 17 minutes, probably an hour and a half. And I have to take the subway, the bus, the, the tram. I'm like, wow, that's going to be a pain when I'm pregnant. And the lady, my midwife is like, Sarah, you can take a taxi. It's a special kit. You don't have to always take transit. And I'm hadn't even occurred to me that was an option I was like oh yeah yeah I, I suppose like <laughs> although in rush hour you might be faster taking the TTC than uh, so the true. transit than uh, a cab right yeah for people outside of Toronto Toronto traffic is like it takes two hours to leave the city it's nuts yeah. and, and that could be yeah. like the middle of the afternoon on yeah. it doesn't matter <laughs> so it doesn't have to be like only before and after work it's all day no. <laughs> until no. like 8 p.m right yeah. So um, I'm seeing my midwives. We're getting closer to the due date. I feel fine. I'm fairly active on my feet all the time at work. Um, no issues exercising. But by the end of you do, I did feel a little more tired as we got towards the due date. So I only exercise. I did my exercise one day a week. But because I don't have a car, I'm naturally walking everywhere and I'm working on my feet. I worked up until less than a week before my due date. It was maybe the, the week so. of yeah. my due date that's when I stopped but I kept working up until the end um against my, my husband's like well you should take it off I'm like eh, it's, fine. it's fine so I'm gonna keep working and uh it did happen that we did buy a car a week before the, the um, due date the due date so we did have a vehicle but it wasn't something that I could anticipate early on yeah so I was like oh okay well that that means that I can get a ride to the hospital that's great <laughs> <laughs> one last thing your- to worry about was your husband working from home at the time? Working? No, he's okay. a he's an architect, and this was before the pandemic, and so he worked very right. long days at the office. So architects have quite intensive schedules. Yeah. So yeah. especially before a deadline, he'd be working well, like late into the hours. So um, there was he had long days at work, um, and so I was fortunate he was around when things went down. So I'll detail it from the from the day, and if you have any questions, let me know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I had it was the exact due date of my son's my son's due date was uh, April 12th so it was April 12th I'm exactly like cooked I guess fully cooked so I go to my appointment have an appointment with my midwife she does the exam and she says no there's no sign of this baby coming it's sitting up you're you know it's actually a it's a back baby too like it was a sunny side up baby yes she's like oh that labor might be painful but don't worry sometimes it turns around you know we like we're we'll 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 monitor you and we'll let you know how things go and I was a little nervous because I was like oh no it's not perfect I don't want to use the word perfect but it's not it's not ideal it's not it's not ideal it's a painful labor but I was like okay that was like my daughter she was sunny side up oh well that's tough like (laughs) (laughs) I tried um, to turn her and I did partially so she was kind of sideways but after having my second I realized what a different labor it is when it's not a back labor (laughs) yeah yeah back labor is a lot harder but um you know and for those who are listening who's like what is that so when you're 
in an ideal world, your baby's positioned face back because then the crown of their head, that's the smallest tucks under their chin tucks under, they can come emerge out of the vagina or the birth canal. The baby's facing forward. It just might mean that the front part of the head that's a little bit bigger is coming out first or that the baby has to do a lot more work during labor to turn to be in a more optimal position for birth. And so this is actually more common. Back labors are more common nowadays. And it's interesting that you had an active job because my midwife was telling me that it's more common now because people sit all day. And I was start, I had gone off work at 38 weeks because I'm a, I, you know, I'm a physiotherapist. I was on my feet all day and I had a really hard pregnancy. So it was exhausting. I had uh spotting throughout, bleeding throughout. Like it was, it was emotionally and physically exhausting. So I was like 38 weeks, I'm going to take off. I kept thinking she was going to be early. She didn't come till 41 weeks. And my last three weeks I was bored. I was, so I cleaned the whole home. I organized everything. And then my last couple of weeks, I was just laying on the couch watching shows and it's like you're nesting. I was nesting. And my midwife said, this is actually your, the baby's positioned in a worse position now that you've been off work because I was sitting more. And so Versus when I was on my feet, the baby was in a, in a better position. So it is very interesting to see how birthing has changed and more people are having C-sections and like more procedures. And I wonder if it's because we're more sedentary through our births um, and you are very active. So I wonder if that helped you have a more powerful fast labor too. Um, this is all, you know, we don't know what, what caused yeah. it, but this is all something I wonder. Yes. And I mean, after this all went down, many nurses have told me that they, in their community, a lot of people have precipitous labors, what they call it when it's really fast, because they're on their feet all day. So it is common to have really fast labors when you're when you're on your feet, but it's not common for a first baby, because usually the first babies take longer, longer. I've been told. So the, yeah, the, my midwife app sent me home and she said, you know what, sit tight, it'll be at least a week, maybe two. And then at that point, we'll discuss induction or other methods. Meanwhile, we're just going to monitor you. We, we booked an ultrasound. We booked another appointment just to keep tabs. Oh, but she said, no, yeah. there's no, the, the placement is up. There's absolutely no sign that this baby's going to come. So I said, okay, went home, told my husband, I said, yep, there's, there's, the baby's not coming. So uh, we went out to eat some Jamaican food. Toronto has a lot of great foods. So we had the Jamaican patties, the really nice. spicy ones. Nice. And uh, I enjoyed it. And ate a lot of like spicy Jamaican food and we were like oh it's delicious and then I think around 10 I noticed like oh I feel really bloated and husband's like yeah me too and I'm like oh we should I shouldn't have eaten all that I should have maybe had a little less like I I overate I overdid it um which is fine when you're pregnant because you're like you no one can tell you like oh you're eating too no much. one can like, tell you're oh, eating too much yeah nope eating as much as I want I mean you should always eat as much as you want but like it's like especially like, in pregnancy especially yeah. in pregnancy so I I go to bed and then at 4 a.m. I kind of feel really constipated like it like before it was like um you know it was not just my tummy a bit but then at night I was like oh man I'm so constipated so I, I elbow my husband and I'm like hey hey I, I can't sleep like the uh Jamaican food really got to me he goes oh me too let's just watch a movie and this is so this was Thursday, that would have been the Thursday night. So that would have been Friday morning. Like Thursday night was with, with the midwife. So Friday morning, we're up watching a movie. So we sit down on the couch and everything's fine. And then suddenly I'm like, oh man, it's constipation. So I get up, I bend, I move rack around and then it's gone. And like, okay, let's keep watching. And then I get up after a set period of time, it happens again. I'm like, oh, this constipation so annoying. And I'm moving <laughs> and I'm bending and I'm on. And then my husband's like, wait a minute. How is it that your constipation, constipation doesn't come and go. Do you think it's a contraction? I said, no, because we 
went to, we, we did two birth classes, one at the hospital, Sunnybrook Hospital had one for parents. So we did that. Our midwives were like, no, 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 it's different with midwifery. So go to this class taught by a doula. And mm. they told us it's a long time. And they gave us a time frame and they described symptoms and dilating. And I said, no, like, like, there's no way. And also I said, uh, it's funny because before he said that, I was like, oh, I am such a wimp. Look at me complaining about constipation. How am I going to deal with the delivery when the time comes? <laughs> wow. And like, here I'm telling the midwives, absolutely no medication. I want to go. I don't want an epidural. I don't want, I like, you know, like I had my birth plan. Birth and then I'm plan. like, and then meanwhile, I'm like, oh, this constipation is so annoying. It's like, I felt like during those periods, I felt like I really needed to fart. And I was yes. trying really hard to fart, but there was no pain. And I literally, the only thing I felt it was maybe the small, small section of my back, back here. I yeah. would feel it there, gas, just gas. And then it would go away. And there, but there was no pain. And my midwife did give me a booklet that said if there was back, lower back pain to call them immediately. But I was like, but it's not pain. It's just gas. And then so my mm. husband was like, okay, we'll just call them in the morning at nine and, and see what they think. And I said, okay. And, but when this happened again, my husband's like, okay no 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 um um gas gas constipation doesn't come and go this, <laughs> yeah this, it's not gonna time. be time for a minute and then yeah <laughs> yeah and so he timed it and six minutes between wow. so it happened next one was six minutes later and then he timed it again it was four minutes and then he timed it so this is the third time he timed he times it again it's two minutes but in between of him timing me i fell asleep like i was like <sighs> and then i would wake up and so like it that gives you an idea of that it wasn't super painful or agonizing and i still believed he had a feeling that no there's this isn't normal there's this this could be contractions and i was still in the camp of no but it doesn't hurt this has to be constipation gas and, and constipation can, yeah and this is so annoying if i could just go to the bathroom and get rid of this gas this gas needs to go away it's really bothering me and so i when it when he had measured the two minutes I said that's it I've had enough I'm going to the bathroom I'm gonna get rid of it. like so I go to the bathroom I squat and I'm just kind of trying to push push and there's no like the signs that we we're told in our course mucus plug water breaking there was none of that none of that and it must have happened while I was in the toilet there because I was there I didn't feel like it was there very long and then suddenly bloop and I was like wait a minute then I knew no something happened and I put my hand and I could feel hair and I was just like what oh shit oh shit and I sorry sorry, sorry that's okay and I stepped from the I stepped from the toilet and I look and I, yes it's bloody and I said oh that's my mucus plug but it didn't appear before and there was no water breaking and there was no um no, none of the signs that I was told to look for um and at one point I did before I went to sleep I threw up a tiny bit but I didn't, I thought it was because I really over it. <laughs> I had no connection that because apparently throwing up is a sign, can be a sign. So I didn't have anything chronologically that informed me. And by this time, it was 6 a.m., a little before 6 a.m. So I go to my husband and I say, um, I didn't want to alarm him because I'm, I was like in my head, I'm like, oh, I messed up. I had no idea I was in labor. So I told him, um, can you look between my legs? I feel something. And then he goes, oh my God, it's a head. Oh my God, I, no, no. Oh my God, I, I see hair. And I was like, yeah, that's that's what I thought. And then I was in denial because I thought I could hold it in. I was like, no, we can still go to the hospital. He's like, no, we have to call 911. You can't go anywhere. I'm like, what if we could go to the hospital? What if I could hold it in? He's like, you can't hold it in. And so he calls the, the um hospital and I wish I had the recording because it 
would have been hilarious like to keep <laughs> so it's like hello this is 911 what's the nature of your call and was okay and the person is so calm because my husband had the phone on speaker okay i'll transfer you to the right department and they told him meanwhile to get uh, towels string and i think that was it a bowl maybe or i think that was it and um because i wag i i thread because yeah. i thread my husband knew exactly where the string was it's in the medicine cabinet because i use it for my facial for threading. hair so grabs, yeah. yeah to thread it so he grabs it he had everything in two seconds he had the um towel and i lied i lie down i lie down on the couch and then what happened during this i'm getting what are probably now i realize were contractions but it's like a wave of intense you need to just poop let like oh, and it's almost like it's i was holding it in and if, so um what happened was that i was feeling waves of i it's hard to describe it i must have been some kind of a contraction but it, it just felt of waves of where i had a cough and i was trying to hold it in i've been holding it in ever since i felt hair I was, i've been yeah. i've been holding it in i've been doing the opposite of what my body was basically like push and i was like nope nope tensing up tensing up trying to hold it and trying to hold it in because in my head i could still somehow magically hold it in and go to the hospital that's five minutes away from us but during one of these sensations while i was just moving from the bathroom to the couch i i as i lied on the couch i missed one of the feelings like i didn't hold and then so it was like and then my husband is on the phone still with the parent and he's like well what do you see the head the entire head is sticking out and the person the dispatcher is like already and he's like yeah yeah okay okay tell her to push tell her to push and i was like i didn't push i just stopped holding it in and the baby flew out, flew out. like wow flew out. and amazingly it wasn't a back labor the baby's head was down on the side it was on the side so it must have turned around turned. between, yeah, turned between the few hours. Like it turned, it positioned, it went down in between a very, very fast. And that was it. And the paramedics came seven minutes after he was born. Yeah. Wow. But the hilarious thing. The paramedics have a script they follow, I learned after. And the end of a birth script is that they ask you, what's the gender? And I, this is another thing that really annoyed my parents. I didn't want to know the gender. I wanted it to be a surprise because there's so few surprises in life. So I said, yeah. I don't want to know if it's a boy or a girl. And it annoyed everyone. Like my parents refused to hold the baby shower because they're like, well, we need to know the gender for the clothes. I was like, or you could just get gender neutral clothes because yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And I don't care, like pink, blue. I don't care. I'll yeah. put it on the baby. And they're like, no. So they delayed it. And, uh, and, you know, everyone was mad. But the funny thing is, I believed I was having a girl based on, you know, villager logic, like, oh, the baby's sitting up here. It's more yes. like a girl. And my husband's cousin had a dream before I had announced the pregnancy, but I knew I was pregnant, but I was waiting until after the first trimester yeah. to announce it. And she's saying, I had a dream that you had a baby, that you were having a baby girl or something. And I was like, oh, that must be, you know, maybe it's a sign. It's a I don't sign. know. And, yeah. and everyone, you know, had opinions, like, based on the shape and size of my belly. So I just kind of convinced myself I was having a girl so the odd thing was like so when they asked my husband is it a boy or a girl he 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 checks and then he goes it's a boy and I was like what and it's like <laughs> so I wish we had the recording where I was just like really what I thought I was having a girl I was convinced I was having a girl yeah and then my husband's like why are you more surprised about that than all this whole like <laughs> <laughs> than the fact that you just had a baby like Oh my gosh. Can we just take a step back and just, wow. Like this is, first of all, I'm so incredibly amazed at the human body and that yeah. your body literally just 
did what it was supposed to without intervention, without working hard. And this is, I really think it's an important story to share because we have it in our heads that it's going to be so painful, that it's going to be a certain way that because the baby's up here, you maybe need to be induced because, oh, it's not going to come. But Mm -hmm. you just showed that it can come. The baby can come whenever they want, whenever your body's ready. And it can happen like that, or it can happen over three days. And I love that you and your husband were so like, it seemed like you were really calm through it all, despite what was happening. Props to my husband, because I genuinely thought I could hold it in and go to the hospital. And he was the one I was like, no, we're not going anywhere. I'm going to call 911. If we had known everything was okay, we would have called the midwives. But at the time, I, I, we were just so confused and we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if everything would be okay. The baby was really quiet. We're like, is that normal? Is it okay? Like, I kept... Um, it's interesting because physically it was very, it was more straightforward than psychologically. So afterwards Ah. I had a lot of guilt for not being in the hospital and not, 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 I thought I messed up. Like I thought I made a mistake and I thought that he was hurt because of that, but it didn't like everything was fine. And people told me afterwards, babies don't come that fast. Usually if there's an issue or if there's anatomy, then they get stuck. They never come that fast unless it's straightforward. Exactly. So, um, and precipitous births are, like, and even the sign of throwing up, oftentimes when you throw up, it's going to be a faster birth, apparently, um, just because your body's like, evacuate, let's go, <laughs> let's get it all out. Yeah. And, you know, if it's not, if your body's not meant to handle it, it wouldn't happen kind of thing too, right? Like it's, it's, it's a series of things, but I'm curious, what was the post, post-birth like? How did you birth the placenta? And what happened, you know, in that, so the- that phase? So what's interesting is I had discussed all this with my midwives and the birth plan and everything. And I had my bags packed and clear, but labeled so my husband would know what's what. Like everything was clear. I packed it, a bag if I needed a cesarean, a bag if I didn't, a bag if... <laughs> and like, I just had everything planned and it was hilarious because nothing went according to plan. <laughs> and so uh, when the paramedics came and my husband, like again, props to my husband for being very calm. And I think a lot of men would have freaked out in this situation yes. I think a lot of 100 percent yeah would remain calm and he was very calm and I did feel comfortable and I think that also contributed to just having things go Happen with my smoothly. body once yeah. my once I stopped holding it in everything was just like fell into place perfectly so the the paramedics told him to you know put a, put put the baby on my on my lap and we kind of had a we had our, our blankets and we had we had that all ready anyways because we were good I had it for the hospital so we just took it wiped him very quickly and put the blanket on we didn't clean him because I wanted that I for wanted all that you yeah. know like we discussed it with the midwife so I didn't clean him and I didn't want him washed so we just wrapped him with the blanket to make sure he was warm because we're like and put him on my chest to make sure he was warm because I you know we're not medical professionals so we're just kind of and about seven minutes six minutes seven minutes later there's a knock at our door a door was open but there was still a knock because we left it open for them and this huge my husband describes him as seven feet tall seven foot wide guy comes and was like is everything okay in a big voice my husband's like why did they send Mr. Delicate here for the baby and then um and then he when we said yes he goes clear and then the paramedics ran in with the gurney and everything so it turned out they had, it was a fire department in the event we needed oxygen because the paramedics didn't have, they could, I guess the, if there's a baby, they send in the, the paramedics and the fire firefighters oh. and the fire firefighters are there if they need oxygen, they need to administer oxygen. So now I understood, but at the time we saw this ginormous person, not to say that they 
you know, candy. they're all big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. we were just surprised. We're like, what? What's going on? And also, like, I, I, I was pretty much like in a, it felt like a dream. Everything that was going on felt like a dream. So they came in and they were, and we, on the line, they were telling us, I think you'll have to cut the cord without, because it's been like seven minutes. They're like, oh, it's getting long. Maybe you'll have to cut it. And we're like, no, let's wait. Let's wait a bit. Let's wait a bit longer. And then um, when the paramedics came, they cut it, but they cut it like super long. So they cut the cord. They let my husband cut cut the cord because he wanted to cut it. So he cut it. And, they, and then this is the weird part is they're like, okay, we have to take you straight to the hospital. So they didn't let me get dressed. I'm not wearing anything. I took off my clothes. I took off. So I'm not wearing anything. And they literally, I took the bed sheet that was on the couch. They wrapped it around me like a toga. And they just put me on the gurney with the baby and took me like that. So I had no wallet, no phone, no ID, none of my bags, none of my hospital gear. They just took me straight to the ambulance because they're like, we need to get you to the hospital right now. And I was like, what, 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 wait, what, what? Can I get my phone? No. no. I was like, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so all I had was me and the baby and my husband, just what he did is we have this new car now. So he immediately followed the, the ambulance. So it was cool because I could see it through the window. I could see him running red lights, following the ambulance with the car just behind me. And I'm like, I hope you brought my bags because I don't have anything yeah and and then it was a bit of a shock because it was a bit of an unintentional transfer of care from midwives mm -hmm. to the hospital system so immediately when I was in the hospital system they said we need to be able to admit you we're gonna have to bill it as if the birth happened here because we can't give you post postpartum care and I felt bad because I'm like but the midwives are like like they, what they took the, care they, of me the entire they took time. care of me and now yeah. you're billing it but okay and then um, when I went in, um, my, my husband somehow found where I was and um, the paramedics were like, it's a good thing you delivered the baby because we are trained to deliver it. We don't like to. It makes us nervous. And I was like, how do you think we feel? We have zero medical. We're not medical professionals. At least you guys have training. I know. We had no idea. Oh, and I, I didn't mention the string. You know what the string was for? Because we're like string. It's to tie the umbilical cord as a clamp instead of a clamp. Mm. So, so that's so what you it's just for. tied the clamp. Oh, yeah. yeah so after so they, cutting it, you kind of tied or you cut it, yeah, you tied no, the knot and then cut it. We tied the knot and then cut it. But so because at first we're like string. What? Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> um, so when you birthed the placenta, you were just at home still not in the hospital. No, no, this is the, the issue is I had no time for anything because as soon it was not long after I'd given birth and we dropped it that they the paramedics took me and I could feel like something was happening. And they asked me, they said, in the, while I'm in the um, ambulance, they said, did you birth a placenta yet? I said, no, not yet. They're like, oh, we're not equipped to deal with a placenta in the ambulance. So can you hold it? And I was like, I'll try. So I sat there and I was doing the same thing I was doing before. I was like clenching my body and trying, like I could feel sensations that are like out and trying I to evacuate it. yeah yeah and I clenched it and then when I got into the hospital they said they they it was amazing like I never got out of the gurney so they managed to wheel me straight into the um the room through a through an emergency right into the birthing room and so I didn't see any registration desk I didn't see any paperwork I was just magically into the birth room which I thought was interesting and they're pretty much the nurse was like okay here's a shot of oxytocin to get the the placenta out and it's one of those things where I'm not complaining I'm grateful but I had discussed with my midwives I wanted to do expected management I wanted to wait for the placenta and of course like I wouldn't be discharged with 
bits of placenta, that's then you get infected and it's a medical emergency. But I knew like I wanted to wait and see if it would come out on its own. It's one of those yeah. things where I didn't get like I was disappointed that it was pretty much here's a shot. And it's like midwives, they ask you everything. I know. And and that's why like there was no way I could not have a midwife. Yeah. And 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 then when they did it, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to the washroom because I haven't washed myself. I haven't done anything. I'm naked. I'm st- uh, like I finally had a hospital gown, so I was finally clothed. And then I was like, what are you crazy woman? You can't get up. You can't do this. I was like, really? Like I feel fine. Like yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's then so different at the hospital and with yeah. the with the med- with the OB-, OB nurse. Yeah. And then um I not to criticize them, but this particular nurse, what happened was, um so they 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 gave the oxytocin and then the sensation I had for the placenta it disappeared and then and the ob i don't know why there's no logic i don't know what's going on but the um obg there's a resident that came in and she's like i'm qualified i know i'm a resident but i'm qualified i'm a student but i'm qualified i'm like i'm not worried it's okay whatever do what you need to do she 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 so she pulled it out and it came out in bits like it came out kind of because she kind of grabbed part of it and it came out and then it was in a tray the torn up placenta and I said oh interesting like I'd like to I'd like to look at it and then the nurse was like well, do you want to eat it I said what pardon me she's like that's what you people do and I'm like you people excuse in- me yeah and I was so like what people who see midwives I don't want to I'm not a hippie I'm I'm educated I have an engineering degree a science degree like I was so like this is why I wanted a midwife because I yeah. don't want to be shamed like I didn't even like I was just I just said like pardon me like because I didn't say anything it's fascinating but, to look at your own placenta yeah you made that yeah and I would you not want to look at it I'm not, not I, and if, to eat even it. if you did want to eat it that's fine <laughs> that some cultures that might be normal but like I'm sorry you had that happen that is so inappropriate and like this is what I want people to understand is this is Sunnybrook Hospital which is a major tra- Toronto hospital I used to treat somebody who was a labor and delivery nurse at Sunnybrook and she told me the intervention rate at that time was 97 percent oh wow so you're that's why this is why you have a hospital birth. You are more than likely going to have interventions, whether you want it or not. Right. Some people go in, they're like, I don't want anything. And then I'm like, yeah, but unfortunately you're in their hands. Now you're in their hands and they can inject oxytocin without your permission, not even consent. Like this is, it's, it's, yeah, I'm sorry. You had to have that. And I also understand, especially after you're like, <laughs> yeah, that, that part felt more calm, actually. And I did see the contrast between, OK, clinical setting and home setting. Um, and like, I understand why they need to they need to clear the birth room. They need to get people in fast. So I'm assuming that's why they need to just they yeah, can't they want you they in and out. They don't yeah, want and you they, to and stay they there. They don't yeah. have the resources for me to sit there and wait for my placenta to birth. Okay, I, I'm not mad at them, but it's just an observation of the differences. Is, I is think it's important in, to share yeah. so that people who are listening, who maybe work in a hospital, they can elevate their care because it's client-centered first. Yeah, I don't and, care and, about finances and billing. And but, if you have to do something, fine, but don't be like you people. Because I felt a bit like, she, like, like, I felt like I was being judged. And I was yeah. like, I... Um, and then in the back of my mind, this is a bit of an aside. I asked my friend who was also seeing a midwife at a different clinic, but she'd also had midwife first. I said, has it ever happened that someone missed their, their labor? And she's like, oh, never. Like there was one lady in the clinic at one point, but she had serious mental health issues. So I was already feeling guilty and she didn't know this would happen Mm. and she didn't mean anything, but she was just saying, oh no, no, your body will tell you, you'll know, you will always know when you're in labor. Mm -hmm. I was just asking because I'd never been in labor and I didn't really know what to look for. And so that kind of put a bit of guilt in my head. And then her, you people comment, it just triggered something that 
I kind of went into a bit of a like depression because I was like is this my yeah. fault did I mess yeah. up like and until the baby hadn't been all checked so I didn't know that okay I everything was fine but I was like oh right. did I mess up did I hurt him you know is everything okay when he came out of he had like big Kim Kardashian lips like like this and I was like <laughs> oh wow but but I mean, babies are not beautiful out of like, they, I mean, they're beautiful, they're, but they're, they're not beautiful, they're but they're kind of like wrinkly. Yeah. And, you know, when I do portraits for parents, I say, let's wait until three months, not earlier, because you don't, it won't look like them. And they're not like, you know, so give them time to settle in and then yeah. I'll draw them because otherwise you'll be disappointed with the results. If I do it, like, I have to explain that because sometimes I get like newborn draw this and I'm like uh you don't want me to draw that you would not be happy with the results so wait a yeah. few months four months is a good time to but um then uh, the resident came and she said wow like you are tough and I was so happy I was like yeah I am tough I am so tough thank you for acknowledging and she said okay um very like you have very minor tears for such a fast birth it would have healed by itself but since I'm in I'm gonna fix it up so she she went ahead and did like a few stitches but I was like in my head I'm like but wait if it would heal on its own do you have but I was like whatever like no one was asking me yeah I guess so because I was like it's so weird like if you don't need to but I mean like I'm also like okay I know like I I, that's why again midwife it's like I can ask about everything because I'm like if I'm not one to dispute any medical care, but it's like, if I don't, if it's going to heal on its own, I'd rather it heal on its own. It's mm-hmm. just me. That's my mm-hmm. personality. So yeah. I was kind of like, oh, okay. But she was very sweet. So I, I had no, like, I was like, okay, thank you. And then um, the supervising, when my husband came in, this, uh, my husband didn't hear the comment of you people because he came in a little after. Um, the the uh, the res the supervising OBGYN was like hey yo high five if you ever want to come here and deliver babies good job and I'm like where's my good job look and and I was like oh well like I should just like focus on the baby you know whatever maybe I'm maybe it's hormones or something um but that was like the start of something that I noticed afterwards but yeah. um once I got transferred like I was in the birth room for maybe 15 minutes seriously because they there was nothing to be done so they wheeled me over to um a room with another family where you know I'm kind of recovering Recovering. or yes and then again they're like here's your pain meds and I'm like okay yeah there's no discussion about what it is but but like no one's asking me like do you want to take these but I'm like okay I mean there's no no one's asking me so I guess I have to take them there was a nurse there that was like the nurses there were all fantastic like I love I adored them so my experience became more positive after that one interaction with the nurse all the other nurses at Sunnybrook were fabulous there was one that spoke Egyptian she's a she's a nurse from the Philippines amazing Arabic with an Egyptian accent I felt so welcome I'm like how she's like oh I used to I was I used to work at Saudi and a lot of the doctors there were Egyptians and I'm so like wow wow and and so like I don't want to feel like like home like it's like a home home kind of welcoming yeah 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 and she's the one that told me that the these really fast births are really common with people healthcare professionals people in nursing people are on their feet all the time because it just makes it more likely that it'll be fast and the midwives later told me that I had a strong genetic predisposition because of the hip my hip to um, waist ratio was such that I would have a fast 
uh, labor. And my mom had the same, not the same, I was born two months premature, but I came really quickly. Mm. She went to her OBGYN and she dismissed her symptoms because it's like two months earlier. And I also think back in my mind, it's like, you're a brown person. What do you know? You're an immigrant. What do you know? For sure. For sure. She went went straight to the hospital because she's like, no, I know it's coming. And I came, they gave all the drugs to try to keep me because two months they they were worried. But I came very fast. So again, it's like, it's a genetic, it's possibly a genetic thing. And I want people not to feel like I did train a lot and I did specifically look up exercises that facilitate labor, but I don't want people to feel like, oh, I earned it because I'm so active and I worked hard. I'm like, no, there's a genetic component. and I got lucky. There are a lot of they're Olympic level athletes who need C-sections. It's, I think it's yes. like, it's anatomy. You don't have control, right? If you're a tiny yeah. woman and your baby's 10 pounds, it's like, my baby yeah. was not big. It was six, six pounds, seven ounces for a yeah. boy that's small. So yeah. that's another reason why it was fast. If it was a big baby, I highly doubt that it would have ever been anywhere near that fast. So I want to just make, put it out. And there, I, I, I think that's important also, because I know two other people who've had precipitous births who I are, um, they're my friends and colleagues. And it's interesting because they're both in healthcare. One's a massage therapist on her feet all day. One's a physio on her feet all day. They both had precipitous births. One ended up going to the hospital and was terrified. And it was um, really painful for her. So it was a different experience. And she tore a lot because I think it was just totally different than the other. Stayed at home, had a home birth. I think it was like an eight and a half, nine pound baby. But she's also a bigger, not like a Mm -hmm. bigger person. But again, that hip, that pelvis, if it's big, bigger relative to everything else. Like I have a narrow pelvis that I didn't have a fast Mm -hmm. birth. It was slow, but I still had a home birth. So it's just a different experience. And I think that it's important to recognize that your body will not make you do things that it's not able to do. You know, it's like your body could handle that. And it's really the medical system is taught that they need to intervene with births that it's an abnormal thing that they need to give injections that they need to do interventions. They need to stitch you up. And I was given the option after my first birth, because I didn't really tear, I had a mild labial graze. And the midwife said, you know what, I could add a couple, a stitch or two, but, um, and that would, she's like, this is what would happen if I added a stitch in the short term, you would heal better, but in the long term, it would be fine. If I didn't add a stitch, it would take a little bit longer for it to heal, but you'd be less likely to end up with scar tissue. And I said, I'll let it heal on its own. I love and having the I love informed that consent informed with the consent. options. And you're you're educated every step of the way. It's not like I'm making the decision without knowing yeah, what the what risks your are. are. Yeah. So I, I love that about mid midwifery. It's very uh it's very patient centered and um, again, like each each needs their comfort level. I have some friends in the medical they're doctors and they know they're a bit biased towards all the problems that can happen, like all yes. the and so they're more paranoid than they need an OBGYN and they're telling me like I know doctors are qualified, but I don't want any doctor I want someone specialized and I'm like yeah you need to do you and what you're comfortable whatever with. you're is, comfortable with this yeah. is my preference but I may you know if I had risk factors if there were other things maybe it'd be different but even then I know people who had midwives still had cesareans they're, they're trained for transfer of care they're trained yes. to be part like I tell everyone they're an integrated part of the healthcare system and that's why Canada were really blessed because it's not a separate like it's part of it so if you need uh, transfer, transfer of care. They don't. They don't want to deliver breech babies, and they're very educated to recognize the signs of their practice. And everyone has their expertise, and it's wonderful that people. I think it's better when people refer to each other. I agree. And I. I think in a in some countries, like my friend gave birth in Norway. There's a midwifery floor, and then there's an OBGYN floor, and all low risk people see the midwife, and higher risk people see the OBGYN. And there's like, and I'm that's like, that's how it is, is in the UK. 
and I it makes sense yeah. in a public healthcare system. You want to save the money. And it doesn't mean like the OBGYNs are paid less. I actually, they just have more time to focus on the, on the riskier cases and the problematic. And I, I mean, they're amazing because they deal with like a lot of life and death. Life threatening situations. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not at all saying like, oh, downplaying one or the other. I'm just saying that if you wanted to save money in a public health system, it's more efficient that low risk people see midwives that agree. You, and then, and yeah. then of course they're trained to refer and it's great when it's in the same hospital, it's fast, yeah. like there's no issues. So that's, so I, I feel like, again, it's like integrated healthcare system is a way to go because everyone has their area of expertise and work together because the goal is not like to bill you or not bill you. It's to have good patient outcomes. And I mean, that should be the goal, but unfortunately it is not always the goal. And I do think that I love the idea of a separate floor or even just having a designated midwife space, because I know a lot of midwives feel like they're in the obese turf. So they're, they can, they have privileges at the hospital, but they're not necessarily like welcome in the same way. And it depends on where, but I know that this is a, this is an issue because I've heard anyways in the UK that everybody gets midwife unless you're high risk. And if you want to pay for you, if you want an OB, you have to pay for it. Oh, wow. Which is, I think actually better because then you, uh, you learn to understand that birth is a normal process for most people that is low risk for most people. And if you need to transfer care, you always have an OB there ready to go. It's more collaborative in Canada. I do think that it is collaborative, but we have we have a ways to go into making it really patient centered, um, in terms of like, yeah, client outcomes and stuff. I agree. So when did you get to um, go home? Well, this is the thing is everything was fine. They were checking my son's blood because he was right at the limit of, you know, the small being a smaller baby. He's right at the limit of where they would check your blood work to make sure the sugar levels, and with breastfeeding, because I was breastfeeding, that he was getting enough. So um, they poked and prodded at him. So I was there. Um, technically, only I didn't really need to be there very long. Like I, by a day, I could have been, I could have left. But then there was a snowstorm out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And in they, April? Oh, I know exactly which day that was. Yes, my friend had a yes. baby shower that day. And I drove to Hamilton for this baby shower. That was a brutal snowstorm. It was icy yeah. too, right? Yeah, so they actually said, you know what, we were busy last week, but this week it's not busy, so stay. We're not, we're not, we don't want you to go home in the snowstorm. And it was a blessing in disguise because we got to learn a lot of the baby stuff from the nurses. And amazing shout out to Kensington Midwives. They came, even though they couldn't bill anything, I felt bad about that, but they came unpaid and saw me, like my midwife came and saw me and assessed me in the hospital looked after my baby did her own signs while the hospital did their thing so I got like I got that like double. a lot of I got yeah I got double and I felt bad I was like I wish I could give you the this billing like like and it's funny because my again my like in the Egyptian community they're like oh the midwives are gonna try to do it even if they shouldn't because they want to just bill it and I'm like nope that's no, not my experience they are definitely and they, not no and they uh, and they came to me and when they you know couldn't bill it so that's pretty amazing like I, I, I don't awesome. expect anyone to work for free ever so I have to say like a shout out to the care the level of care you get is really uh great and it's tailored to your needs and they listen to you like even though I was like oh, I don't want to I don't want a home birth. I don't want her birth. And they kind of like, you can do a home birth. Everything's fine. They listened to me. They didn't impose anything. Um, and now in retrospect, looking back, I have my opinions on home births changed because I kind of had a home birth unexpectedly. Home birth. Yeah. Yeah. I did have a home birth in the end. Um, so yeah, the treatment I got, so I stayed an extra few days. I think I stayed over the, the weekend even. So I came in, I guess, Friday morning and I stayed and I think it was by the end of the Sunday that I went back. Um, the, 
um, I did all the breastfeeding classes there. Oh, that's um, nice. I heard heard other moms and their birth stories, and moms are way too hard on herself. There's one mom that was like in labor for more than 24 hours, and she's like, oh, "I'm such a wimp. I went and got an epidural." I'm like, "Dude." I don't even know how long I was in labor, but like, I can't, you can't compare yourself no. to other people. There's nothing wrong. These are tools. I would never say you should suffer. I just wanted to feel labor personally, but I wouldn't, I, it doesn't make me like better or, or, mm-hmm. or tougher. Like there's no, like people should use the tools at their disposal and whatever makes you more comfortable. For me, the idea of not being able to move terrified me. Same. So I was like, yeah. no, I need to be able to move. And frankly, like, I think I had an easy labor. I was moving the whole time and I didn't realize, but I was putting, you know, when I was, oh, I'm constipated doing this. I was, my, that was how the baby was getting into the, further and further down yes but I didn't of course I didn't know that's what was happening but it's like the body knew it didn't even need my input it was the body had it's like programmed it knows exactly what to do and it didn't need in my case it didn't need things excess intervention yeah and frankly I didn't feel any pain which again is extreme like I don't want to say like but I didn't feel anything that like it was fine like um it was, it was great. I didn't need epidural. I didn't need any medication. I didn't need anything like it was, I just need to be able to move. So it worked out. But anyways, I was just saying moms are way too tough on themselves. They're like, Oh, and I failed. I'm like, no, you have your baby. No. That's amazing. And yeah. you are amazing. And um, again, like everyone had like the charts with who delivered the baby and everyone's asking who delivered the baby. And this started a bit of a saga because when I was discharged, so Sunnybrook built it as they delivered the baby but there's no attending physician. And my husband was like, I want to be on the birth certificate as a one to deliver the baby. So he wrote, when he read, when we, we did the online submission, it, he put his name and then it took six months to get his birth, the kid's birth certificate because I kept calling them. They're like, oh, there's no attending physician or midwife or anything. I'm like, yes, because it was born at home. Yeah, but what's the attending physician? There was no attending physician. And I tried to explain it to them. And then this department referred me to that department and then they referred me back to where I started. And it's like, they didn't have... They didn't have uh, a system yeah. didn't have a because system it's so rare, right? It's probably yeah. so rare. either that, or they need to make a system because even on my, um, like I was annoyed that on their birth certificate, it didn't say like birthing place home, right? Like it says like, yeah, it's true. It has to have like a hospital or like a city. And I'm like, I think it's amazing that they were both born at home. Like I want, yeah. I want to put that on there, but there's no yeah. option. And, yeah. um, yeah. I think also our, they took forever to get their health cards because they had home births and I had for both of them, I had to go in and like, get it because I just wasn't getting it past that. Like, you know how you have the three months where you get the temp. I didn't get it. And I was like six months for my second one. It was during the pandemic, but even still. Um, And the other thing, what you, what you were talking about too, is I have another friend um, who I worked with who had a very similar labor to yours. They were laughing. They were eating. They were, she's like, I had a bit of gas, but I didn't think it was labor. So no. like, we went to the hospital. It wasn't a precipitous birth though, but it was a very mild in terms of pain. There was no pain. She said it was, they were laughing. They were watching a wow. show. And I said, people need to hear those stories because when we are programmed to believe that it is going to be painful, that it is going to be this, and it's going to be that our bodies start to expect that almost. And when we start to hear stories like this, we say, oh, why can't my body, why, why couldn't that happen to me? It doesn't have to be the speed, but even just that sensation of, you know, it's not that, it's not painful. Now for my, my, both of mine, I would say were definitely intense. My first, there were definitely points where I would say it was painful, but I, I didn't like to use the word pain uh, because mm-hmm. I found that that was very negative. 
So I just kept using the word intense. It was very intense. Yeah. And it's and always going to be intense. It's always going to be intense, but human uh, you being. Know, <laughs> exactly. And I just kept thinking like, this is normal, right? Like this is gonna, this is what it's gonna, how it's going to be. And I feel like it's, um, it's a privilege to be able to experience that in, in any state. So you are amazing. And I think you are incredible you. and strong and what Thank a you. beautiful, also moment for you and your husband to be it's really ones what yeah. a special like time yeah. like a, that's a bond you know that's a yeah. big bond and that- also I love that my body was like I fell asleep between contractions like it's great it's like you need to rest a bit here you go and I'm <laughs> you're like <laughs> that's oh, a superpower okay. <laughs> being able to sleep anywhere <laughs> so tell me about what it was like postpartum you know you mentioned your mental health obviously suffered a little bit with those, uh, immediate experiences being, you know, your people. Like, I, I can't believe people would say that. Cause you're like, are you talking about me because I saw a midwife or my, my race, my exactly. people, like, yeah, why are you attacking me right now? So... I just came here and I just had a baby. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and it's, I, I like, do they think like I was ignoring it and purposely like, just being like, I'm not like that. that it felt a lot of like, it put a lot of like shame on you kind of feeling and Shame I don't, on you for not coming here before. yeah yeah and so yeah. It, it kind of I was very uncomfortable with it but otherwise my experience was good with the other uh other the professionals other, nurses yeah, with the other professionals and 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 once I was discharged it wasn't even in less than a week the midwives were in the apartment checking on the kid waiting okay the so kid. that's good to know the midwife is yeah doing the post-birth care so. they did every they did everything so I just feel bad because they didn't get the birth which I assume would be the biggest like they, paid, they didn't yeah. get it but they still came and I still did everything. And I got like the full, I got both. Like I got the hospital care. I got the midwifery care. They came to my house. Um, another one was, um, and I know this might be kind of unpopular with people, but co-sleeping is the doctors were like, you absolutely cannot co-sleep. Even in, in, in the clinic, when you're, when you're asleep in the, this is in the hospital, the baby has to be in the bassinet while you're asleep. Well, guess what? I put it in the bassinet, screaming, screaming, screaming. So I kept them on me and I, and I, and I was, and at home like I was we are so sleep deprived and we're yeah. not getting any sleep and then finally the but the midwives on the other hand were like no co-sleeping is fine you're not smoking you're not there these are the risk factors here's how we can make it safer here's a breastfeeding position for while you're sleeping and that was the only yeah. way I got any sleep and I know like my doctor would 100% be against that and I don't yeah. have any opinions but for us it worked like yeah. for us it worked we got through the night um and um, it, this will be strange, but what I found hard was a. I had initially a lot of guilt because I, I felt better when I realized everything was okay. The yeah. nurse was making fun of. They asked my husband to cut it again because the paramedics had cut long. it way yeah. too long, and he's like, "What oh, oh, is the paramedics?" Yeah. He called it. They called it. He gave a baby a tail. Look, what is this? Like, and so, <laughs> um, Daddy, come here. And they got my husband back. Cut it again. We're gonna do it again. We're gonna do much closer because I, you know, they're being cautious. I guess the, the nurse thought it was hilarious and ridiculous, so they cut the cord twice. Like so. long. <laughs> yeah, it, it was that long. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's why they're not comfortable delivering, even though they can do it. <laughs> they probably do it so in, infrequently that they yeah. just don't have the experience, right? It's, yeah. it's like anything, yeah. lack of practice. Yeah, and, and and yeah. So tell me about that because now you are home with the baby. And I never would have thought that you would have felt guilt around it. So thank you for sharing that because I, that's something I had never considered, you know, is uh, feeling like you did something. I, I don't see anything wrong or nothing, right? It's just 
how your the, body did it. The midwives it's, were great at reassuring me this happens, perceptors labor happened. One minute was like, sometimes I feel like I'm not doing anything. Like the body just does everything. So it's fine. Like sometimes the baby just falls out like it, it's, and you catch the baby and that's what you do as an OBGYN or as a midwife. Sometimes that's what it is. Like yeah. it's not always intervention. And then, and then she's like, you know, you have that genetic thing it's fast it's okay like because I was like oh no I could have something bad could have happened or me you know the baby's not okay no the baby's fine it was okay and and like I didn't how would I known like how would I have known that the gas there's it doesn't it didn't fit I did two different classes neither of them were seen my husband didn't see it we didn't see it so that's it like there's no shame in it I never would have called it gas for my (laughs) let me tell you it was definitely (laughs) a major contraction so I again that goes to show that why and that's for me too, is educating people on, you know, that it could just be really like gas or more mi- mild. Um, it doesn't always come where it's a rhythmic, you know, gradual progression, even though that might be the average or the, the co- more common thing. Exactly. It's not always the case. So thank you. And that's hilariously, important don't, don't do this, but I was Googling why well, I was, cause when my husband was saying maybe, but why does a gas pain doesn't come and go? I was Googling, can you mistake gas pain for constipation? No. Okay. We're fine. But obviously don't Google medical symptoms. Talk to your doctor. To like that, that's yeah. the, that's the moral of the story because it, the Google was wrong. <laughs> you can, you can, in some cases, confuse gas pain for labor. Gas, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it, everyone's different, but the midwives were very good at like helping with the mental health aspect and, you know, yeah. visit, they visited us twice. And then after that, we went to their clinic for the assessment. The baby was fine. Everything was good. Um, so it was very positive. It, what was interesting is four weeks after I was like, cause I'm, you know, very active. I returned to exercise very lightly and the bleeding, there was no bleeding. There was nothing. And then the bleeding came back. Mm. Like there was some bleeding, of course, after immediately after birth, but it was very fast and it didn't last very long. And then suddenly I had spotting and my mm. midwife was like, what did you do? Oh, I think you need to dial it back. I was like, really? But I didn't do anything. She's like, you went through a birth even if it's like straightforward, it's still trauma for your body. So listen to your body. She's like, we can also do an ultrasound if you want to be sure. But I think it's just the activity. The return to activity was too soon. So I listened to her and I stopped. And then I, the bleeding went away. And I was like, oh, wow. Like this, it's humbling because even if you have the most straightforward birth, it's still a recovery process. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Mom Strength and being part of this important conversation. Check out the show notes for more info and links, and we'll chat again real soon.